Hi, welcome to the Vine Church Podcast. We know you're going to be awesomely blessed as you listen to our pastor, Aaron Dows, today. Enjoy. Thank you, Zara. Good evening. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a great privilege and honor to share the Christmas message this Christmas time. The significance of this day and this event um, cannot be overemphasized. Christmas Eve, what an exciting day. I remember as a child, that, that pressure of trying to get to sleep. We were told as I had slept in my bunk bed, I was on the bottom and my brother was on the top, that if Santa finds you awake, he will not bring you presents. I mean, that was a cruel, cruel thing to say because the, you just, the, the pressure you put yourself under to fall asleep was immense. You were like, oh, no, even just pretending when you heard a noise, you were, oh, no, I'm not asleep. He's going to see. And I'm just trying to lie still and not open your eyes. And traditions are great and it's exciting. Different traditions, different routines. Some, some, uh, some people like the stocking at the bottom of their bed. We used to get a football sock. That's when you're great. Get my children under control. <laughs> and you've got five kids. You know what it's like. You know what it's like. Um, yeah, we used to get a football sock, and that's when you're glad when your dad has large feet because there's more, more space to fill. And we used to have an apple and orange at the bottom. Anybody else used to get an apple and an orange? I don't know where that tradition started. Anybody still put an apple and an orange at the bottom of a football sock? There's, there's one or two, and there was pencils and rubbers and all sorts of interesting things there. Um, I watched last night a documentary about Bethlehem Square, about the Christmas lights being put on. And there was a company that was responsible for putting the Christmas lights on the tree on Bethlehem Square where Jesus was born. And do you know where the company's from? Liverpool. There was five scousers. They've got this unbelievable business for Christmas tree lights. You go into a cupboard and it's like going into Narnia. And these scousers partnered up with a Palestinian, and they're in Bethlehem Square, and the banter was just unbelievable. It was really good. They visited the places, and the, the, the main guy that's been going for many years would say, this is Rachel's tomb, and his pal was like, who's Rachel? He's like, I have no idea, but that's Rachel's tomb. And then they went to the square where Jesus was born, and where apparently Jesus had put his handprint, and apparently Simon had came to him to help him. So this is where Simon helped come come to him to help him carry his cross and his friends said to him what did Simon say and he was trying to be funny and they were they were invited to Simon says do that no um they were invited to dinner in this house it was built into a cave in Israel in Bethlehem and the the, the scouser had said to the family that were hosting them oh I've, I've got a friend um, he's got his own cheese business in this this town um you, you may have heard of him his name's Jesus of Nazareth it was it was a very cheesy joke, but I just, very, very funny. But tonight, I want to talk about Psalm 72. It's Christmas Eve, and we celebrate and remember the birth of a king in a lowly manger. And Psalm 72 that was beautifully read out by Nana introduced us to a king born in a manger. We know his name to be Jesus. And the king's rule is described as refreshing like spring rain on freshly cut grass. The king, he invites all to come into his kingdom and to accept his rule and his reign as a wise, kind, loving, benevolent king. And all who make this baby their king and accept his rule will experience his rule. And it uses his beautiful language to paint a picture that his rule is refreshing like spring rain 
there we go, like spring rain and like showers that water the earth. I want to ask, does your life need some refreshing? Does your life need watered? You see, that's why baby Jesus, when he grew up, he said these words in Matthew 11. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Any parents need a real rest? <laughs> yeah, in a hotel for a couple of nights, that would be nice. Um, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's the message. Augustine, he lived around 354 AD. He said these words, our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. Now, that was about 1,600 years ago when he penned those words, but nothing much has changed with the human heart or condition. The human heart is as restless as ever, but Christmas reminds us that Jesus showed there is a way to take a real rest, and that is by making him king, receiving the king, and following his way. Now, Psalm 72, it showed us that if you make him your king, his rule will cause you to thrive like grass in a field. Or it uses this word to flourish. That's in verse 7. And that means to be in a vigorous state. That's the king's desire for you. He desires your life to be vigorous. It means to prosper. It means to grow luxuriantly. It means to be in one's prime. He wants you in your prime. It means to thrive in growth. And that is why this baby born in a manger, he said these words, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, which is more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's his desire for you. This is how much the creator of the world loves you. His love was so great that he sent his only son, Jesus, to start a revolution. This was a revolutionary that was born in the manger. His revolution was to renew creation. And the renewal of all things, he came to renew all things and included human beings. He came to renew human beings whom he intended and desired all the way from the Garden of Eden, his original intention and purpose for human beings was to rule, to reign, to flourish. And that was his intention. And the renewal was to get them back to that place. And Psalm 72 gives us a vision of a world where there is justice for the poor and the voiceless. In this world is a king. He delivers the needy when they call out. He has pity on the weak, and he rescues the helpless from the greedy, the oppressive, and the violent. 
As Nana read out in verse 12, he will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy, and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious to him. Now that points to what Jesus came to accomplish. The revolutionary in a manger came to accomplish. And he confirmed it when he opened up the scroll of Isaiah, which was a prophetic book written many hundred of years before he was born. And he read and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news. That's what Christmas is about. Good news of great joy for all people. That's how the angels announced it. Jesus said, he sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and the time for the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, he handed it to the attendant, he sat down, and all eyes in the synagogue looked on him intently. Then he began to speak to them. This scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus, the revolutionary king, born in a humble manger. And Psalm 72 gives us a glimpse into God's vision of his kingdom. It reveals God's purpose for the world and how he wants his purpose to be implemented through human beings. He wants his human beings to bring it to uh, fruition. His followers who will have his spirit to fill them, to guide them, to lead them. The king's reign will be administered and implemented by human beings on the earth. That's how his vision is to come about. This was how his revolutionary renewal of creation was to take place through the reign of the king in heaven, through his ambassadors, human beings on the earth. The creator God wants his world to be full of his glory. And this means many things, but it includes a world that is full of true justice and generous mercy. That's what he wants. He wants a world where there's true justice. He wants a world where there's generous mercy. And his vision was not just a vision of a distant time in a faraway place and, and, a, and, a, and a cloud with a harp and a bow. It was for, not just for better days away and we have to hide and just uh, hold tight until better days come. No, it has begun during his resurrection. When he rose from the dead, the resurrection stories tell us that Jesus has started a new creation. This was his purpose to come, and it's the purpose that we celebrate at Christmas, that he is the start of his new creation. He has given his spirit so that his children can continue this project of renewal, of causing flourishing, and, and the earth to become a better place. And from Genesis 1, it's clear that God wants to rule his world through human beings who bear his image or who are like him and who are becoming more like him. He wants to work in the world through human beings, getting back to their original purpose and design to shine like stars. God created you in his image, in his likeness, and his purpose was to shine like stars so that you could bring beauty and light and flourishing to this earth. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to shine, to bring light, to bring flourishing to this earth. 
but that's why God made human beings in his image to rule this world with his character and with his likeness. And he's planned for his character, his image of justice and mercy to be released and to be revealed through human beings that are following him. Isaiah 11 says these words, speaking about Jesus. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. Talking about Jesus. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. Because that same spirit that anointed Jesus was given to his followers so that they could get back to the original condition, their original purpose, their original vocation to flourish. God has created you to flourish and to bring flourishing. He's created you to shine and to bring light, to shine bright like a diamond. And a diamond shines best where the background is dark and black. You see, the Spirit gives wisdom, gives understanding and power to continue Jesus' project of renewal. This is what his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven looks like. And the glorious hope of Psalm 72 depends on this vision that the coming king is going to reflect into God's world, God's care for the poor, the oppressed, those who suffer violence and wrong. And he poured out his spirit so that human beings, his followers, his ambassadors, his image bearers, those who represent him here on this earth, they have his same spirit. They have the same anointing that was upon Jesus to continue the project of renewing this earth to leave this earth better than when, what we found it, to make this earth better. And it's like mustard seed, and it's invisible, but it continues, and it's continuing in every nation of the world because this revolutionary started something that is going on and on and on, and of the increase of his government and rule, there will be no end. This was some revolutionary that was born in a manger. Jesus continues to renew the earth. But he's doing it through human beings, humble human beings. His spirit was given so that his followers would get back to their original purpose to shine bright like a diamond in the darkness. And his spirit would equip his followers to influence the world with wisdom, understanding, and power to continue this project of renewal. And this is what the kingdom looks like. Justice and mercy on earth as it is in heaven. Micah 6 verse 8 says, Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Bringing this to a close in two or three minutes. You see, the word required is better to understood as to yearn or to long for. It's, it's requi it means required, but it's more like the way that a flower requires sunshine. The way an infant requires to be held by its mother 
or the way a lover requires the affection of the beloved. It's not forced. It is a yearning, a longing, a pleading, and a waiting. And what does the Lord require? What does He yearn, long, plead, and wait for? The first is justice and to do what is right. Now, this means that the neediest are cared for. That's what concerns God. A father longs, yearns, pleads, and waits for the neediest to be cared for, for people to love mercy and kindness and to walk humbly with their God. And Jesus told a story about a good Samaritan. Many of you were familiar with this story from your childhood. And he told it to tell us what it means to love your neighbor. And the good Samaritan loved his neighbor. But how did he do it? He walked humbly. He was not too proud to stoop. He loved mercy. We are told that when he saw him, the man that fell into the hands of the robbers that was left beat up for death on the side of the road, we are told that he had compassion. And the good Samaritan did what was right. He acted justly. Why? Because he ensured the neediest was cared for. That is justice. That is love. And that is loving neighbor. And that is what God requires as greatest commandment to care for the neediest. And the lawyer in his story, he did figure out who was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers. They said it was the one who showed mercy. And Jesus, the revolutionary, born in a manger, left us with a charge to him and to us, you go and do likewise. The kingdom came in the Good Samaritan story. And this is how Jesus designed his kingdom to come. He was going to die on a cross to defeat the ruler of this world. He would cleanse the hearts of those who believe in him. And after that, his spirit, because the heart had been cleansed, would be able to flow freely in those individuals. His spirit is like water, would quench the thirst of the spiritually thirsty, but it would also flow from within them because this revolutionary said, whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow, will gush forth from within them. And this living water, it would flow to the needy. It would flow to the great depression, the dead places, and bring life and peace and hope. And this river of living water flows from those who bring, uh, that walk humbly. It brings, this river brings mercy and justice. It brings light and flourishing. It brings peace and order to chaos. The water rescues the needy. It helps the weak and it brings true justice. That is his kingdom coming through his followers, guided by his spirit. This is a revolution that was birthed that Christmas in the manger, and it continues today as his followers with the same spirit continue his work of renewal by justice and mercy. It continues every time one of his followers on the earth cares for the needy, shows love and compassion and shines bright like a diamond. It continues when a charity that we support like Hope for Justice rescues hundreds of trafficked victims of human trafficking in the UK and rehabilitates. It happens, the river flows when charities like Compassion um, take another child of the one million plus children, lift them out of poverty, give them an education and a hope and a future. It happens when wonderful charities like Christians Against Poverty help prevent many suicides and uh, Great Depression by lifting people out of poverty. 
it happens when entrepreneurs and businessmen, like the, 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 the gentleman who started Tom's Shoes in 2006, and that since then it has given away more than 60 million pairs of shoes all around the world to those who lack shoes. For every pair of shoes that are purchased, a pair goes to someone without shoes. That is the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. This was a revolutionary that was born at Christmas, that Jesus has come, that the thirsty may receive living water, and that we may get back to our original purpose, which is to shine bright like a diamond. I want to offer you an invitation. I'm going to close, invite the band back up. I think that's what's next. Oh, we've got a wee video, actually. We've got a wee video. I just want to invite you this Christmas to say God loves you. He sent his son, Jesus, a revolutionary born in a manger. Come back to Father this Christmas. Receive our King. Let him transform you. Become part of the light to the darkness. Come back to our original purpose. Find your purpose, which was to bring love and compassion and mercy and goodness to this world. For when we give our life away, then we truly find it. Isaiah 9, in closing, says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Savior King Jesus, the revolutionary born in a manger. Let's applaud. Give the loudest applause to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, born at Christmas time. We celebrate the risen King. Okay, we've got a, a video. I've got a wee video to play, and then the band are going to lead us in two last carols. Thank you for coming, and we're going to ask Sarah just to close in a prayer at the end where you can receive the king to come into your life and start afresh to shine bright like a diamond. Thank you.